0: advised we understand some of the content of this presentation may be emotionally triggering in nature. Please listen as you feel comfortable. All right, welcome back to another episode with Tusk Against Trafficking. My name is Jocelyn Hampshire. Uh, Molly and Robin will be joining me shortly here for some discussion today. But before we do that, I have the privilege of introducing two special guests with us today. Uh, Rick Arredondo and Sam Yoder. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about pornography as well as substance use and addiction. So gentlemen, thank you for being here. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. All right, Rick, um, I would like to start with you just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here in the community.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, I moved my family here to Ohio in uh, 2016, and I was a banker in California and uh, ran a couple large banks there and decided enough was enough and brought my son and family here, uh, my brothers here. And about a year into it, we opened the Ezekiel Project, which was – Really um, I started the business with a gentleman who'd been an at a his life mm-hmm. and so our mindset was why don't we try to create uh, an opportunity for them to kind of get back into the workforce so we would kind of walk aside them and just walk them through to the point where they could actually perform in a real job mm-hmm. and uh, so we had several uh, ups and downs with that mm-hmm. experiment uh, to say the least but, We've now settled in as a creative hub, and one of the learning experiences I had was the men and women that I met with uh, very much had an artistic bent to them. Mm -hmm. And if they're not cut out for a Marlite or any kind of manufacturing job, not to single them out, it's just if you've got a creative gift, Mm -hmm. what we want to do is we're taking creatives and saying, let's find a project you can work on and let you become Financially independent by doing the job that God created you to do. So that way, if they're graphic design, video, Mm -hmm. photography, podcasting, whatever, um, sometimes they just don't know how to take the steps to get them into that position. So I work as a business coach and then we use the Ezekiel project really as a creative hub. Awesome. And so we've been able to do a lot of videos for the Anti Drug Coalition, um, uh, the uh, Evening of Hope that they have for the churches. So they kind of come to us for creative solutions, and then we find creatives to fill that uh, that need.
0: That is awesome. Talk to me a little bit about the Ezekiel Project. Where did you get that name?
1: Uh, well, I was sitting there uh, in a Bible study, literally, and uh, when I uh, my partner, who I just mentioned, I started to realize that his dry bones weren't any different than mine. I mean, I worked in the corporate world, so... And I work with people that were a heck of a lot worse than than he was. And so I just started to kind of focus on, well, what biblical passage? And we started to look at buildings that were decaying around us. And it kind of inspired not only the name of the project, but we actually did murals in the alley on Ashwood Lane. So we've got this alley that was basically falling apart. There was nothing but graffiti. And now you've got probably the most photographed area in Tuscarawas County right there in an alleyway. So it's kind of the, the visual was dry bones, you know, breathe life into them. And we all have dry bones.
0: That's so. awesome. So that's the purpose of your organization, bringing hope, restoration, yeah. life back into That's That's great. Yeah. That's when, awesome. you see the,
1: when you see the murals in New Philadelphia, it, they started literally because we said, let's just start some murals, and they just started a Mushroom. And that so is cool. We can't take credit for it. Mm-hmm. Just one way of showing people a different way to maybe – Improve the city, make it more viable. That's
0: cool. Now, where is that? Where can people drive by? Um, So, the Ashwood
1: (laughs) Lane is right behind the Daily Grind Cafe. So, if you go there, but you're seeing at least three or four mural projects that have happened right off of uh, uh, South Broadway. so cat's Marketplace and other things. that uh, There's a big mural going on at the airport. So, Oh,
0: really? Okay, awesome, wonderful. Well, okay, today we're talking about the substance use and, and addiction. And so um, you've mentioned how the Ezekiel Project can serve those that, that are struggling with that. Um, can you talk a little bit about, and not to put words in other people's mouths, but can you talk a little bit about what you've witnessed? So like What has that done for people? Um, the oppor- giving them an opportunity like this. Um, what have you seen? What have you experienced?
1: I think the number one problem we see is, uh, is they go into isolation. And when you go into isolation, you disconnect from family. And what we try to do is meet them where they are. So the fact we're on an alley is kind of uh, symbolic yeah. because there is a lot of people that are going down our alley that you know mm-hmm. are struggling with some things. Mm-hmm. And they'll come into our studio and then we'll start just saying, you know, they'll introduce themselves and next thing you know, we're having a conversation and next minute thing, you know, we're inviting them to a worship night Mm -hmm. that we have in our studio. So Mm -hmm. we think that it's that restoration of relationships that's really critical and they're really good at running from the problem. Mm -hmm. So what we want to encourage them is, Hey, there's people that actually care about you and how can we move you in a direction forward and, for me, it's just a matter of just treating them as a human being. And, and the, the court systems and everything else do a good job of grabbing their attention. But really, as far as moving them forward, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. And it takes a community to do that.
0: Intentional relationship. Okay, awesome. Okay, wonderful. Um, I would say, and, I, and maybe I, I could just ask you, this is a more personal question, but how have you been impacted? What lessons have you, have you learned
1: well, wow. um, having never worked with anybody with an addiction that was actually um, self-admitted, uh, mm-hmm. it's been a really eye-opening. And one thing I have a affinity for is I see so much possibilities for Tuscarawas County. It's the number one problem that's keeping the young people from actually um, getting to the point where we should be more viable economically. Mm-hmm. We have jobs that aren't being filled. So I just found that um, it's there's a culture that doesn't like to talk about it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to solve it unless you talk about it, unless mm-hmm. you get it in the open. And I'm just seeing family, generation after generation, affected by it. So I think for me, it was just understanding that, you know, I'm my sin was probably pride, uh, power, and some other things, and theirs is addiction. And I just feel like, if we can just recognize we're all broken people, mm-hmm. then I think we can bring more people together to actually fix the problem. So I think for me, it was just like, my my problems are no different than theirs. Okay. I just chose mm-hmm. one avenue and they chose another.
0: Okay. okay. Um, obviously, there um, are those that are addicted or are struggling with substance abuse are more vulnerable to human trafficking. Um, bringing it back to, to our, our episode here, our program and what we're talking about. And they could be lured in... Um, you know, to trafficking with substance uh, use with substances um, or even become dependent on their trafficker uh, for those drugs. So why should, I mean, there's various issues in Tusk County that we could be concerned about, but why should our community be concerned about drug addiction? Why should we pay attention to this, in your opinion, just from what you've seen? Yeah,
1: I think the main thing for me, just kind of reiterating, is the fact that we should be much further along economically than we are. And that means more families coming in, Uh, We should see more growth and we're not seeing it. Mm -hmm. And when you hear that there's 100 jobs that are open and only a small percentage are literally only showing up for the interview, I think Mm -hmm. is indicative of the bigger problem. Then there's also the fact that we've got people who just – one thing I know for sure is not everybody's geared to work in a manufacturing context. Mm -hmm. But if we are a blue-collar community we have now millennials who don't think that way – we're going to have to be more creative in how we find jobs that fit their um, interest. Mm-hmm. And so they're not going to function something like mm-hmm. that. So I think what they're doing at Buckeye mm-hmm. and at Kent State is really about getting them to the point where they can overreach mm-hmm. maybe what they've done here historically. Uh, so I'm really, I think Buckeye is just a great example yeah, of what's possible. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Tapping into people's potential, understanding people, yeah, and then giving opportunity
1: Well, one thing I can tell you for sure is that I will talk anybody out of getting a student loan. (laughs) Unless you know for sure that that's what you're Mm -hmm. going to be doing, Mm -hmm. don't do it because why strap yourself with that debt? I can't tell you the number of people that I hired that their degree was nothing in finance. Mm -hmm. It was the job that was available. So Mm -hmm. they've got to pay that debt. Why? Because nobody said, let's sit down and figure out what you're gifted at.
0: Right. right. Mm. That's huge. And again, through intentional relationship, Right. Okay. So in your opinion, and from what you've seen, how can the community be a part of the solution uh, to drug and alcohol addiction?
1: Yeah, I think it kind of all sums up is like, you first recognize there's a problem. And then two, uh, what are the top things that are contributors to that? Uh, I think, uh, for me, uh, human trafficking and drug addiction go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But if you want to turn a blind's eye to it, then it's going to happen. And I think... The community just needs to make it a priority. And I came from a village mentality where, in my neighborhood, we were always watching people that didn't necessarily live there. You were kind of always, like, the, the being vigilant about the parks and, you know, and who's there and why are they there? I mean, because we get so busy with our smartphones, we don't even look up anymore. So how can you tell if there's some danger around? I just think that we just have to just pick our head up, recognize there's a problem, I think, mm-hmm. The attitudes of people are they fix it, they want to fix it, mm-hmm. but you can't fix everything. Fix fix the things that are the biggest challenges in the community and focus on those things. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you what, they're going to move somewhere else, which is unfortunate, but I think it's reclaiming our, our neighborhoods okay. and our individual homes that are going to make the biggest difference. Okay.
0: So recognizing there's a problem and then being willing to talk about it, face it, and 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 hit it head on. Yeah.
1: Okay. And that's a culture thing, I think, mm-hmm. that we have to overcome. Mm-hmm.
0: What are some resources maybe that as you learned more about substance use or addiction or um, worked with different people, what are some resources that you could recommend to our community members that are listening just to, know, just to learn more or how to get yeah, involved?
1: I don't think we're we're short of resources. Mm-hmm. I think what we haven't done a good job is, um, I'm a process guy, so you look at what you want to achieve and where mm-hmm. you're at, and there's all these different components, but they're not linear 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 so you got to be able to see where there's gaps so if somebody comes out of rehab and there's no place to go they're going to they're going to relapse so you got to start thinking about do you need more sober living homes that can walk them through it so six months into it they can actually move into an apartment by themselves i think what we haven't done is kind of look at looked at the whole spectrum and said where are the gaps Mm -hmm. so but there's tons of organizations and i think it's just again um A lot of it's uh, uh, with our children, Mm -hmm. okay? School budget's getting cut. You're going to start to see more dollars being put to that. But I do feel like there's a lot of corporate money here that could Mm -hmm. maybe step up Mm -hmm. and kind of fill the need somewhere because Mm -hmm. that's their hiring base. Mm -hmm. I think we just have to paint a really clear picture of what's the benefit. Mm -hmm. But as far as the giving, the the people here are phenomenal, Mm -hmm. you know, and their their intentionality is good when they believe in something. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really a matter of where where can you fit in. Pick a lane. Mm-hmm. Just pick something that you can get behind, mm-hmm. and and you know donate your time to that. Mm-hmm. Because we haven't seen even the beginning of the uh, what COVID has done. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had more suicides in this year than we did all of last year already.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So that's kind of like so that's a number that. We know only because it's a number, but we're not even, you know, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Right, right. So where does that where does that end? So I do, I do think that uh, there has to be good data. There's got to yeah. be good sure. information to sure. work from, but. But the organizations, I think, do a great job for what they do. It's just, are they connecting all the dots? Right.
0: And I think a shout out to the Tusk County Anti-Drug Coalition just for what they've done. I mean, they've got podcasts. They've got, you can go to their website and learn all kinds of stuff um, just about what's going on right here in Tusk County. So um, they've done a a beautiful job. Um, So it's just us tuning into that. That's a place where we can start at least to learn more um, about Mm -hmm. what's going on and, and maybe how we can get involved.
1: So. Yeah, if we had a few more Jody's, I think we'd get a lot done. So,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, she does a beautiful job. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, so uh, back to the Ezekiel Project. If people would be interested in connecting with your organization, um, how could they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, I think we're, this uh, community is pretty much Facebook-centric, so they can reach us through our Facebook site. We're uh, trying to always stimulate meetings and, and idea creation, mm-hmm. and we want to connect with the creatives. Uh, we feel like Actually, I think 70% of the income for creatives for, for 2019 is gone mm-hmm. just with COVID because they're not able to go out to the fairs and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, our big concern is that there's just not a lot of opportunities for them to make an income. Mm-hmm. And so, the consequence of that is what? So, uh, what we're trying to do is say, look, we're doing mural projects, we're trying to get the art on the alley mm-hmm. for October operating again. And we can teach people how to sell stuff on the internet. So there can be maybe a way to uh, supplement their income Mm -hmm. without just going dark. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we just want to be able to, they're not business focused always. Mm -hmm. Some of them are really good, but most of them kind of let me do my art. So Mm -hmm. we'll try to connect them that way. So if there's somebody that needs any kind of assistance in marketing themselves, then we would love to talk to them.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. Well, Rick, thank you. I appreciate you you being here and just thank you for what you're doing, investing in people, um, giving Opportunities for hope, uh, restoration, potential—it's uh, exciting. So thank right. you. I appreciate that. Thank
1: well, it you. takes a village, and I think I feel like we really have a village here. Yeah, so that's I'm awesome. Much more optimistic.
0: Wonderful. All right, Sam. We're going to switch over here to awesome. you. Thanks for being here, uh, Sam. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
2: Sure. Well, thank you for allowing me to come here. Uh, I'm uh, married, a husband uh, for 30 years to my wife Ruby, mm-hmm. and uh, we have. I'm a father of five children, uh, two married, and we have two grandsons. Mm-hmm. And so I am a uh, bivocational. Okay. Uh, so I'm a senior pastor at gospel Haven church and also have a wholesale company that manufactures patio furniture. So split my time between the two. And, uh, so yeah, it's uh, grew up here in Northeast Ohio, just a County West of here.
0: Awesome. So. awesome. Well, thank you for being here. You sound like you're a busy man and, uh, Doing some good things, so thank you. Um, okay, so today we want to also talk about pornography. Mm-hmm. And so um, tell us a little bit, you've you've had some experience working with, with individuals who've struggled with pornography. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you've done um, and just about um, what you've experienced, um, maybe some things that uh, have been impactful for you as well, as so, far as working with individuals.
2: Well, over the years, in uh, as a pastor, and then also being involved in a counseling ministry for a number of years, uh, and having men occasionally come to me and just mm-hmm. having the courage to share the struggle they're in, I begin to realize that uh, it's. I look at our life uh, an analogy of a tree that we all have fruit on the tree, some some bad, some good. And we we tend to take a thousand hacks at the fruit and one at the root. Mm-hmm. And so when a, when a man is struggling with pornography, that's usually a, a fruit on the tree. But the, the root issue is a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually they're trying to medicate a pain or a void in their life. And there's a quote, I don't know who came up with it, but it was said that almost every man that Knocks on the door of a brothel is actually in search of God, or uh, going to pornography is in is in search of God. So when when men uh, started talking to me, I began to realize that yeah, that is a problem, mm-hmm. but there's a deeper issue, and that's really where healing has to start. And so, uh, and I began to realize also that that typically a man believes two lies that. I'm the only one struggling with this and that I'll never get out of this, mm-hmm. which is two lies that, that Satan is wanting every person to believe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just journeying with men uh, and hearing their story and walking alongside them and encouraging them to come clean and then build one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Just, just go 24 hours and then go 48 and then three days. Uh, was was what was really encouraging to see and then seeing them maybe telling their friend that there's hope. Uh, so that's kind of some of the experiences I've had over the last 15 years awesome. in yeah. working with men.
0: Okay. It's so interesting because you've, you've worked with men and that's predominantly who you're mm-hmm. seeing and, and it's interesting how women are struggling as well now more and more that that percentage is growing so it, it's you know we've thought for so long that this is a man's problem it's not it's a people problem it's a human problem um and so we're going to talk about that later in our discussion um but i appreciate that so you're saying it's a process it's a mm-hmm. it's a healing process um not perfection but right. process and yeah, progress. That's, that's what i've experienced mm-hmm. that's a lot cool of
3: men.
0: that's great Um, there are debates. Um, we hear things, you know, well, pornography, there's positives to pornography. I've heard that. Um, but as we look into the research, we see how harmful and how destructive it can be, how it can change the landscape of the brain, things like that, um, how it can dehumanize. So now we see uh, individuals, not as people anymore, but as objects. Um, we know that, uh, the pornography that is available now is the most i mean just as violent as it could be, um, and so now we're seeing physical aggression verbally physically um, and in through sexual behavior so there's a lot of negatives there's a lot of harmful things. Um, how have you seen pornography impact some of the individuals you've walked with, whether that be themselves whether that be how they see themselves I guess you addressed a little bit of that but their relationships how that's impacted their relationships maybe even how that's impacted their attitudes or their perspectives can you can you speak to any of that
2: yeah well first of all there are no positives (laughs) of an individual being Mm -hmm. like you said a man or a woman being involved in pornography Mm -hmm. first of all uh, coming from speaking for men that I've talked to, uh, you know, you, you think that's fulfilling, but afterwards they feel empty and and they feel worthless and they feel defeated. And the thing that I've also found out from counselors is that when a man is sitting in a counseling session with his wife and he he comes to that and he admits it, mm-hmm. his wife will almost always say, I knew there was something but I couldn't put my finger on it. And she, she would become angry and frustrated, but she didn't know why. Mm-hmm. But that's why, because she could sense it in her spirit. Mm-hmm. The other thing that it does, it, it just, it, it, uh, it defeats men. It just it, and and then if they continue to be involved in it, and this comes from the Conquer series that Ted Roberts, mm-hmm. Dr. Ted Roberts put together, which is a great series. Uh, the, the effects that long-term pornography has mm-hmm. on a brain is very similar. This is through scans that doctors have mm-hmm. done, neurosurgeons. The effects is the same as when you're on drugs. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of effects. It's your family, uh, the children, and then personally and also physically mm-hmm. your the, your brain. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the negative effects Mm -hmm. there are no positive that i know of Mm
0: -hmm. we often hear well it's not hurting anything you know i've heard that a lot um but yet when you do the research Mm -hmm. you you see all the the uh, negatives and the harmful effects
2: yeah the other Mm -hmm. thing is that 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 we believe the lie that i'll just go do it one time Mm -hmm. but it's set up so that you never get enough and it always has to be worse Mm -hmm. always has to be harder Mm -hmm. And you always want more. Mm-hmm. That's that's the the web that you get sucked into,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. much like substance use and
2: addiction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The first high is always the the, the highest.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, porn pornography is difficult to talk about. You know, it's, it's difficult for many church leaders uh, to address. And so, I just want to give a shout out to you and kudos to you because you have stepped into that and and addressed it. Um, and walked with, with people through that. So what motivated you to be open to even addressing it, to talking about it?
2: That's a good question, because I have to give credit to your husband, Bruce, for introducing me to uh, the Conquer series, a great tool. That's a tool. Uh, and for years, I've, I would um, occasionally meet with a man who shared his heart and try to encourage him, but didn't really have any good tools, mm-hmm. Uh, until one day Bruce invited me to, to come and watch one of those episodes and ended up giving me the series. And my son and I went through those and I thought, wow, this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so back in 2015, uh, you know, instead of just not talking about it, I one Sunday morning at church played a clip and I said, you know, instead of how we put the sign up sheet on the bulletin board, I wasn't going to do that. I said, if anyone wants to go through this series with me, we're not going to meet at church, we're going to meet at -hmm. my business place, uh, text me. Mm -hmm. And I had over 30 men show up that first Saturday. And that began a journey in our church now for the last five years. And I was praying for someone to help me. And one of the men that was in that first series uh, has now come forward and he said, I want to lead this. And he Mm -hmm. has probably taken, I don't know how many men through that series, small groups of five in his basement. Mm -hmm. And it, it's amazing how it is helping men and equipping men, and they're starting to talk to each other, and they're beginning to realize that, you know what? It's okay to admit that I'm struggling. It's okay, and, and we're going to help each other get through this. Mm-hmm. So it's, re- it's, it's really been exciting mm-hmm. to see what, how God has moved and how, uh, freeing, how, how I'm seeing men become free. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Rick, going back to what you said, you had talked about, you know, we don't talk about it. How can we deal with it if we don't talk about it? And that's exactly what you've done, Sam, with normalizing the conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, um, let's walk together. Uh, and so it is amazing how, um, when one person steps forward and says, this is an issue for me, how many more you give permission to how many more? I mean, that's with anything. Um, so that's, that's cool. So thank you for, for, um, stepping out and doing that. So what benefits have you seen, and you've already um, mentioned some of these, but what benefits have you seen from talking about it? Obviously, um, there's been people that have gotten involved and, and lots of, of men have gone through this. Um, any other benefits that you've seen from just simply being able to normalize the conversation and talking about it?
2: Yeah, some of the benefits. Well, Rick, you mentioned the whole thing of isolation, and that's what we tend to do when we, you know, start on drugs or get into into porn or the secret sins, and and the first step is seeing people come out of isolation and believing the lie that I'm the only one, and you know it, the whole thing about talking about pornography. I grew up; it was taboo. You d- you didn't talk about it, and realizing that percentage in our churches is just as high as in people who don't darken the doors of a church. And so what are the advantages? It's the biggest advantage that it's, it's just freeing, like I said earlier, and men recognizing and seeing that they can talk to each other about it and, first of all, creating a safe place for them. To talk about it and to to share the struggles and to just be able to text each other or call mm-hmm. each other and there, there's five of us in a, in a group uh, that meet every thursday we went, met this morning at a coffee shop at six and so us five we text each other i sent him a text yesterday and said pray for me i'm going to be on this podcast this afternoon mm-hmm. so the beauty of, of men just connecting and being honest with each other is probably the biggest advantage that That's I've seen. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. And I just think about the marriages or the relationships or the, you know, just that are impacted and the overflow upon those. Mm-hmm. That'd, be, that'd be cool too. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what advice would you give other leaders uh, who maybe haven't uh, done this yet or stepped into this conversation or opened that up for people? What advice would you give? Um, where would you tell them to begin? Are there resources that would be helpful? Just anything along those lines.
2: Probably there's a lot of tools out there, uh, but one of the resources that I highly recommend, and it's not a cure-all, but it's it's a huge help, is the Conquer series by Ted Roberts, Mm -hmm. a series of videos that we use, and it it helps men understand how their brain works, Mm Uh, the traps that Satan puts out there, uh, the uh, tools that we have to combat that. And uh, it's, it was really encouraging for me to watch that. It was eye-opening. And so that's a huge one. And another uh, great tool that I've come across is a book by Jay Stringer, who is a licensed counselor from Washington. The book is called Unwanted, and he also has a video series and he actually just goes a lot deeper and explains uh, in depth of the unwanted lusts and desires that a man has and why mm-hmm. and and th- so those two things are probably, probably the two things that uh, I would recommend and also to leaders is just to uh, talk to men about it mm-hmm. just to be open and not, not try to sweep it under the carpet because it's it's all around us, mm-hmm. and really it's right. too readily available. Mm-hmm. So
0: it is. Well, thank you, thank you, Sam, thank you, Rick. Truly appreciate you guys what you're doing uh, in our communities. Um, you're investing in people, and and you're also standing against human trafficking uh, by doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you both. Molly and Robin, we just heard some great information from Rick and from Sam. Um, Any thoughts that you would have and how both substance use and addiction and pornography, how those tie in to human trafficking?
4: I thought it was interesting when I was um, listening to them to hear the overlapping themes, right? So they talked about isolation. Um, They talked about intentional relationships they talked about having um, difficult conversations and people not wanting to talk about it. And so those are all the same topics that we are continuously talking about in our episodes um, with human trafficking. Mm -hmm. So I just think, again, we're just trying to highlight how um, drug, substance abuse, and pornography um, are all tied in together when we're talking about human trafficking
3: and i feel like people who are addicted to pornography uh tend to continuously increase their need for um violent sexual relationships and when that isn't happening at home or they can't get it on their own then they're looking for um prostitutes or looking for someone else and i hate i can't believe i used that word prostitute but they're looking for someone to pay to fulfill those fantasies that they've created in their mind as a result of what they're seeing. And one of the things that Sam said that was interesting, and I think people really need need to take it to heart as you, you know, the first time, then it gets a little bit more drastic and more drastic and more drastic until you keep increasing that level of um, violence that you see. And as far as uh, the addiction to drugs, we know that traffickers will keep their um, their victims ensnared by using drug abuse with them. Mm-hmm. And once these people get involved with drug abuse, their life becomes very hopeless because, because of the isolation that they're experiencing as a result of their situation.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because when we talk about Pornography. If we throw out the word addiction, I think people can tune out because they say, "Well, I'm not addicted." And so I think it's important to recognize too that pornography um, is dangerous and harmful just because of what you just mentioned, Robin, the the process, and that um, I need a little bit more. And so it continues to be a downward spiral of okay, now I need a little more violent porn, or now I need to look, you know, make it more. You know, child porn. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes more until you're then, you know, buying or looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I think is, is really important to recognize that it's not just addiction. We're talking about mm-hmm. even, you know, the struggle
3: can, can really take us into a downward spiral. And then on the flip side of that, um, people will traffic um, their kids. For child pornography mm-hmm. purposes, so other people can have that pornography and sell it, and there are cases in Ohio where that's happened close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always need to be cognizant of that. Not only do do not only are there um, people who become addicted that um, look for um, somebody to pay to fulfill their san- their fantasies, there are also people who are providing. Individuals to uh, kids to to allow people to tape them and and provide those fantasies.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that also it's just important to remember with with the pornography piece of it that um, that that does create a demand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it also I don't mm-hmm. think something we don't realize is that it can be used as a training tool. For uh, people that are being trafficked. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is obviously extremely disheartening um, when you think about what it's actually being used for Mm -hmm. um, to teach how to respond or what to do um, to even for young children. Um, It's also, you know, I think too, we we don't recognize that what's being filmed, um, what you were saying, like, oftentimes what we're watching is a trafficking victim, um, being sexually assaulted, raped. Um, so it's just extremely, um, disturbing, Mm -hmm. unsettling, um, how pornography, um, is tied in to this, to, to trafficking, um, as well. So, um, any other thoughts, um, that you would have, um, or the anything that you would want listeners to know about, um, just how rampant it is, how common it is, uh, anything?
4: I think that we can all agree um, that we have a drug addiction problem in our community. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. we've all kind of opened our minds to that. Mm -hmm. And um, listening to Sam talk when he said, his first class, 30 people showed up, Mm -hmm. 30 people. and that's not an isolated case, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think if we open that up, you know, to, to more churches, we'd have more people. Mm-hmm. And the only way in my opinion, that we're really going to start making an impact in our communities, we've got to take the shame away, the judgment away, mm-hmm. and start meaningful conversations. Mm-hmm. We have to, um, the more we can talk about drugs and substance abuse and pornography and, um, be attentive to what's going on in our community and make those intentional relationships. um, That's how we start to make an impact and a change.
3: I think sometimes um, we feel like we live in a, or what we want to do is live in a bubble in our family Mm -hmm. and protect our family and uh, the people in our little bubble. And we have to understand there are things going on outside that bubble and that bubble could burst any minute. And um, then, we would have no understanding. So just exactly what you said, Molly, we really need to to reach out and take away any kind of stigma and understand that if people need help, we need to help them.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it goes back to everything. Human trafficking, like Molly, you had said a lot of these things that we're talking about, they're some of the same thematic elements. And I think about, you know, where do we start? We start by educating ourselves. Mm -hmm. We start by awareness. And I think, um, again, for for the... um, Tusk County Anti-Drug Coalition, great place to start. Mm -hmm. I think, too, with the pornography piece, there are some fabulous sites, resources where people can go to. I think of fightthenewdrug.org. It's it's non-religious, non-political. It is a fabulous resource um, where there's articles. There is a documentary series. It's so good. It's a three-part brain-heart world. It's fabulous. But also on that site, Uh, It talks about how do we talk about this with our kids? Because you were talking about normalizing the conversation, making it safe. And so, you know, when we think about uh, the average age of first exposure to pornography is nine years old. We think so for mom and dad to sit down and very age appropriate, just start talking about, you know, bad pictures, good pictures or whatever it is. When that child sees that image, because it's usually on accident or an ad pops up or someone shows them or whatever, Mm -hmm. they can go to mom and dad because it's safe. Because I know mom and dad talked to me about Mm -hmm. this. And so I know this is what they're referring to where if we don't have conversations with our kids and they see that first time, that first picture, it becomes secretive. It becomes shameful, right? So there's no reference point. There's, so when on that site, fightthenewdrug.org, um, it talks about, it's a great, it's a blueprint, how to talk to your kids about mm-hmm. pornography. And it has for each age, age group. It's just really cool. It's very, it's just a guide. Right. Um, so there are a lot of great sites, uh, puredesire.org. That would be more of a faith perspective, but that's another great site. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of places where we can go to learn more mm-hmm. um, and start becoming aware so we can have the conversations, normalize them mm-hmm. and make it a safe environment to talk about.
3: And I think that's critical, what you said about make sure that you talk to your kids and understand that the average age, so the average age that a child foresees pornography is nine. So um, start talking as soon as you can um, in an age-appropriate manner.
0: Anything else that you would encourage people to do or what can we do?
3: I I think if we're talking about resource, different resources in our community, Mm -hmm. because as uh, Rick indicated, our community Mm -hmm. is rich with resources. You just have to know how to find them sometimes, which is a little bit difficult. But um, Emerald or Emerald Jenny Foundation dot org, which is a website that will allow you to type in a zip code and it will give you a listing of all of the resources in your area that have to do with Um, counseling, drug addiction, that kind of thing. So I think that's probably the easiest resource to look at because it covers uh, one thing. We have a lot of really great uh, counseling agencies uh, Mm -hmm. that you can also um, just do a Google search and call any one of them um, to get help or get referrals somewhere. And then we also have Alcoholics Anonymous in this county, as well as uh, Narcotics Anonymous. Um, so th- those are uh, some resources that mm-hmm. people could use that you that they should have some idea what they are about.
0: Wonderful. And as far as the pornography um, for help or for just to come out and just to have, conversation. Um again, counselors our our community counselors are wonderful. Um at toward the goal we do have small groups. We have men's groups, we have women's groups, um, and so that's something else. We can also connect you. Um Sam was talking about some different groups they have. So we have different people that are doing groups. Um so know that that you can contact us as well if if there's anything like that um that you're interested in. Um, I think of joinfortify.org it's another site where you can um, have some help that way too, so, and support. So um, there's some definite, some, some great resources out there. Um, we don't have to walk alone. Please
4: so, reach out if you need to talk to somebody. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, okay, um, as we close today, just a reminder um, that we do have uh, a question and answer episode as our last episode. So please, if you have any questions, submit those through our website at tuskagainsttrafficking.org you can do that on facebook um we'd love to have those those questions that we can uh, answer those our last episode so thank you for tuning in for uh, listening and we'll see you next time If you would like to contribute to anti-trafficking efforts in Tuscarawas County, you can send your donations to COMPASS at PO Box 481, New Philadelphia, Ohio, 44663. Please be sure to indicate human trafficking in the memo line. We appreciate your partnership in this work. Together we can make a difference.